everyone. Welcome back to an all new episode of the 20% podcast. This is the show where we bring you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you could implement in your current job today. This week's guest is a challenger of the status quo. Over time, growing up in Atlanta, playing basketball at Ole Miss, to living with her two precious daughters currently in Florida, she's developed her skills across the board from the art of communication, dark funnel revenue creation, AI content creation, and so much more. Now, now she's currently the chief evangelist in running go-to-market strategy at Reggie.ai, where she specializes in AI content creation for modern GTM teams, meeting buyers where they live today while testing GTM strategies and techniques around all things AI. So please join me in welcoming Amelia Taylor to the 20% podcast. Amelia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a great intro that was. You win the intro award 100%. That was amazing. So thank you. No, I'm pumped to be here and that we're making this happen. Yes, I love it as well. And really what it comes down to is, as you know, Amelia, in sales, there's only a certain things that you could control. The beginning I could control, the end I could control, and where we go in the middle of this conversation, I have no clue. Um, but I'm sure that it's going to be a good conversation talking about all things uh, your career uh, as, as you work your way up to Reggie today, as well as we're going to talk about AI because it's this big, scary thing. But um, as I was sharing with you uh, offstage, it, I use ChatGPT for, for some of the interviews that I'm going through right now, and it's really a game changer, but we'll save some of that as well. Now, first question, first question I always ask at the end of every 20% podcast, but I'd love to start, I'm going to try it at the beginning this time and see if we could try to massage uh, some of your lessons uh, throughout the episode. Now, everybody knows the show. Uh, if you were teaching a college 101 class, Amelia, based upon all of your previous life and work experience, what would you teach and why? It would be... EQ versus IQ. That's what I would go with. Kind of street smarts versus book smarts. Like, where do you learn who's teaching EQ? Can it be taught? Is one question that comes to mind. But the foundational aspect of having that navigation of like, okay, where do I go when everything hits the fan and I don't know what in the world to do? You got to get savvy. You got to get strategic. You got to figure out what's my next best step? You can't look at the whole entire staircase. It's one stair at a time. And knowing that is so important. I mean, that's been a, I mean, I have a posted on my desk right now that says one stair at a time, not the whole staircase, because I just kind of live by I love that. it because it's so true. Cause I will overthink. And I know that about myself. So I'm aware of the fact that if I'm overthinking, I'm looking at the whole entire staircase of where I need to go in my life or what I want to do. And then it's like, okay, I'm paralyzed by everything right now because I can't make a move because I don't know what my next best move is. Right. So it would totally be the EQ versus the IQ and knowing when to leverage which one, especially in conversations too, you know, drawing that emotion and reading the room, even the Zoom room, reading that and then knowing when to add the, the intelligence layer onto things, you know, there's certain people that just want to know, Hey, I, I got you. Like, I'm here to help you. And most people want that. They want to know like, okay, I'm secure. I'm good. And I'm here to help you, but I also am intelligent enough to be able to do so. So adding the two together is so important and crucial. And it's been something that I talk about a lot and I care about a lot. And so that would be my class. I love that. And it's, there's, it's transferable. One of the big things I love to talk about in this is all of these skills that you're learning, whether it's in life could translate to business or in business to life back and forth. And I really truly believe that we need to be leveraging all of our experience because that's who we are. So I love that one step at a time, whether it's uh, a sales call, you're not going to go in for the close the first time you're having that conversation with them. Or you think about uh, dating somebody, going out on a first date. You're not talking about getting married and having kids on that first date most of the time, unless that may yeah. be a, a, a bad sign, but that's a, that's a whole other story. But the other thing I, I saw, a, um, I'd love to hear how this ties into what you mentioned as well. I saw a quote on your LinkedIn that you said, whether I'm winning or, or learning by doing, I'm growing. And with growth, I believe more opportunities, wins, losses in all fashions will be presented. But ultimately, the knowledge of becoming the person I tell myself I will be, both personally and professionally, will be in full reach. Tell me a little bit more about why that quote is so important to you. You know, I was doing my about section at one point and I put everything away and I just started thinking, I've always been loved writing. Writing has always been something. I mean, I have, I have notebooks full of just things that I would write from, you know, eighth grade on sort of thing. And sometimes I'll flip back through and I'll look and it's really neat to see like 
wow, I was really smart as a ninth grader on that day. And then like the next day, it's like, what? Like that was the dumbest thing I could have ever possibly been focused on. But it's cool to see the evolution there. But to answer, you know, your question with that, I put everything away, started writing my about section and just kind of was like, all right, what words are flowing that I truly believe? Like, what does Amelia believe? And what do I want to stand for? Like, who am I? Because that's, I mean, in the professional world, your about section is going to be really where people are going to go. And they're like, who is this individual? Great. Okay. I'm going to be me through and through. So with that, it's, I know that if I don't take action, it's a choice for an inaction. So there's a choice right there to choose inaction or action. I'll choose action all day because I know that's who I am. And I know that if I don't, I'm failing myself because I'm not learning by doing and nobody's going to learn if you don't try. If you don't try, you're not growing. And the growth is where all of the experience is going to happen. I mean, if you don't put yourself out there, how are you supposed to know what you really want to do in your life or where you're best suited to be within an organization or how you want to present yourself in the world? You know, who do you, who are you at your very core if you don't just get out there and try whatever it may be? And that's a, you know, goes for, that's business and that's life. Like I said, like that is one and the same. They go hand in hand because no matter what it is that you're faced with in life, whatever challenges that arise, because it's always going to be something, you know, you're going into um, either a season that's going to be challenging. You're in the middle of one or you're going out of one. And I think that that's a continuous cycle and people don't know what people don't know with whatever's going on on the other side of the screen with whoever they're talking to or the neighbor across the street or whatever. So knowing that and knowing who you are, it's a, how can I help this person by just being me being me, me showing up as me. So figuring out who you are at that foundational level. So that is so important, right? It's like, but we fail. It's easier to ne neglect that, right? It's easier to not sit down with your thoughts and yourself than to do that. And so it's taken me years to actually figure out who is Amelia like what do I want to stand for who how in the world did I get to where I am today and <laughs> looking back at things and thinking okay this pushed me to get to where I am like I didn't see it then everything was a blur then xyz that you know instance of in life or me becoming a mom really young and you know going through a messy divorce and things that I never I never thought that would be my life and raising two little girls on my own and um, thinking, what am I doing in this AI space? How, how in the world did this all go? Like, where did I where did I go in life to get here? But it's because I took the opportunities and the chances and the steps one at a time and looked at things as, okay, if I don't make this one step, I'm not moving. I'm choosing to be stagnant. And do I want that to be my story that I am one, showing my daughters and two, for myself that I chose to be complacent with my life. No. So that's really what that's all about. I love that. There's so much in it. In it what it just comes back to, I was going to tie a nice bow on that. It's, it's coming down to facing life one step at a time. And to your yeah. point, you really know what, don't know what somebody else is going through at all. Right. So it's, it's really yep. important to always show up with grace and gratitude and, um, and just being a genuinely good person, wh whether you really feel like it or not, because um, right. you mentioned you have the, the two little girls, well, I have two kids as well. And it's like, there, people are watching you. And the other oh, yeah. one is that even, even some of the uh, the downsides of, of life, there's still lessons to be learned about that. And, and that you're taking that and that's m maybe making you uh, a more gritty person or that's building up armor or, or whatever the case is, right? You're, we're always learning no matter what. So this is a big lesson for anybody. If you want to take a big step back of whatever you're going through right now, it's it's really understand that I'm going to get through this and it's going to be stronger. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, so, you know, not to get too woo woo there, but really what right. I can do is just try to, um, to just be a good person one step at a time. Now, the other thing you mentioned, and I love the fact that you mentioned like, Hey, I'm in eighth grade, I'm writing these journals and going backward. I started a couple of years ago, a, a, a Tyler's take, a take, takeaway of the day. So every oh, single day yeah. I started writing in a journal and now I haven't re reflected back on it so much, but um, I think it's really interesting to see like the days before our wedding day or the day that my, my, or my children were born, like seeing like what it was really like in that moment. Right. Um, and I, I, I could forget about it, but I could always go back and look at it. So let's reflect back on 
your uh some of your early years so, so you mentioned obviously you, you started writing in eighth grade and did that stuff but tell us more about what amelia was like as a child and maybe even some of those first jobs that you had up until you went to old miss i have always like the beginning of my about section like i've always challenged status quo subconsciously it's always been in my dna to challenge things in the very best way possible because there's been i there's been times where I've had to really lean on that EQ to go back to that because maybe I didn't try all that hard in school because I didn't really care as much because I was playing sports and once was my friends, you know, all that. And, you know, but at the same time, take all that away. There were things in life that made me who I am today, 100% and that I wish weren't the case in my life, but they are, and I will take them. So I'll take them with um, with this sense of gratitude over it being a sense of, uh, I would say, you know, almost anger or frustration or whatever, because you that's never going to make you a better person when you harp on that. You know, I hey, take your two hours and like go punch a punching bag, do whatever you got to do, cry <laughs> your eyes out. I don't care. Eat a tub of ice cream like you do you. But reel it back in, figure out, and then like, let's think about, what the next best step is in that. So for me growing up, um, I had I have one sister and we are opposite in every way, shape and form. Everything is opposite about us. Um, and it it's cool to see how opposites really can kind of help each other grow too, because we weren't competing against each other and things. She was cheering for me, like when I was doing sports, like she'd be the, on the, you know, cheering and I'd be playing the sport. And, um, growing up, I had both my parents were amazing, absolutely amazing, but life hit and mom got breast cancer and at a young age, and it was eight years that she had it passed away when I was 15. And that doesn't hit well at 15. That doesn't hit well at any age. Right. So for me, it was a, what, what the hell just happened? Like, what is going on in my life? Like, what am I supposed to do? So my sister and I, we handle things totally opposite with that. So the opposite thing kind of really that back in, we handled how the loss of our mother impacted us in two separate ways completely. And same for my dad. I mean, he just worked himself like crazy. Like he was just a workhorse, like go, 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 go. For me, it was, I mean, I'm either going to probably go rogue and go wild or I thankfully had a basketball coach in high school who's my mentor to this day which is really cool awesome. um, he I mean he sat me down he's like you know what because he knew me inside not me he got to know Amelia for who I am and knew that like hey I'm competitive as can be but like and I like to win and I you know but I also will outwork anybody because that's who I think it's, you see that too. And I saw that in my mother, it was a, I'm strong and I'm, you know, this foundational aspect of who I am. Um, and so knowing that he had to push me to, in order to not go haywire and go rogue and go wild and jump off the deep end with being like, okay, well, you know, to hell with it all. I don't know what happened in my life, but like, this is not the way things were supposed to go to being like, okay, let's focus our energy somewhere else. And let's pour into the sport that's going to, that you have a passion for, like, let's pour into where your passion is at, opposed to anything else that you could be doing that's going to be negatively impacting your whole entire future, because your future is anything you do. I mean, think about it, like daily, it's going to impact your future, like in some way, shape or form, your future as in tomorrow, the next day, or your future five, 10 years from now. So you know, future being later today too. So he would make me go to the gym. I mean, literally make me go to the gym, like 5 a.m. Every morning we would run. I would shoot. I mean, there was a regiment. There was like a whole, this is what we're doing. And he would, I mean, it would be around lunchtime. Like he would come in to the school. Like he would have lunch with me, he would chat. He would just pour into me. I mean, because <clears throat> I didn't know till later on in life, he went through pretty much the same thing. He lost his mom around the same age and he never shared that with me, which was the interesting part. And I, I always thought like, why would you not share that with me? But it was because he didn't want me to think like, oh, I'm giving pity on you. You know, I'm pouring this pity on you and I'm 
I'm taking pity on you or I feel bad. No, it was like, no, I know what you're going through and I actually am going to help you because I was the guy who went rogue opposed to right. uh, having someone pour into me. So that shaped me in so many ways. I mean, if I called him right now, like he'd be like, what are you doing? What's today like? What are you going to accomplish? What are, what are our goals today? You know, and it's cool just to have that. Or if I'm like, today is the worst. Like, hey, let's talk about it. What's the worst? And getting down to that. So find your find your one person. Find somebody who's going to be able to like help you. And I'll, that's the takeaway, I guess, from this. Me sharing that. Um, if I, let me keep going from here. You know, I never planned on like I said earlier, getting married young and having kids young and all of that, like it really happened real quick. And that's life. Um, I saw life as being something that I thought it was supposed to look like with the white picket fence and the golden retrievers and the babies. And I stay at home and cook and clean. I burn rice. I suck at cooking completely. I don't want to clean that. I, like I will, but I not, it's not my passion, right? This, I was losing part of my independence with where I was at. And you know, there were things that were within my marriage that just were not, they weren't healthy for my kids to um, think that that was love in one, one way, shape, form. And so I said, okay, you know what? I got to just take action. I don't know what the future holds. I have zero clue what my future holds. Like, this is not the way life goes. But if I don't just take action, like I'm choosing to be complacent, like I was saying earlier, and I, I, there's little people looking at me, you know, you get it. So when there's little eyes looking at you with big minds and there's big hearts right there and what you do impacts their future too. You, I mean, that's when like the mom strength and dad, you know, you pick up the car kind of thing and you're like, all right, we're doing this. Right. So I figured out my, my game plan to an ex to an extent of that next step. And I joined a company and that was an outsourced SDR organization i was doing t-mobile enterprise um that was kind of the company i was representing and just sdr i didn't know what the acronym meant literally i did not know when i went for my interview i had zero clue i was like software sales okay this is what people say there's the money i don't know gotta make something so we're living with a roof over our heads opposed to under a bridge so we're gonna go into this my first day i was like okay, I'm going to do double what the top performer is going to do this month. And it's going to be my first month and I'm, I'm on a ramp, but I'm still going to do it. So for about the first like week, I studied this guy, like everything he did, like inside and out, like holy company was called inside and out, like, or inside out side note, which is kind of funny, like <laughs> to say that, but I studied him like inside and out completely to figure out why are you winning so well? Like with and winning in the aspect of like, not just being ahead of everyone else, but winning by doing well and doing things right. And it was, he knew how to ask the right questions and he knew how to um, pull that emotion out of people. And I was like, wow, okay. This is that EQ factor that really hits home. And then he would ask people for feedback, even if they didn't take the meeting. And I was like, Ooh, that's a powerful one that reps really don't think about doing. So I kind of blew things out of the water. Um, they put a cap on everyone's commission because I did so. And so to this day, people, um, I'm very sorry for that, but I'm not sorry either because I had to prove to myself that I could do what I didn't know I could do. Like I had to, for my own pursuit of my you know future to know you can do hard things and you can get to the next step of when you don't have all the answers Sometimes that's when you know more than you think. Like when you don't know, when you know so much, it's kind of in sales too, you know, when the seller been full cycle AE, let's say for six years, whatever it may be, they know so much about what they are doing and how it works and the progression of how things go or that product knowledge is to the nth degree that they pour it all out at you at one time. And then it's like, hold up. I didn't need all that information. Like I just needed this little bit. So that's that IQ that's being poured out. It's not the EQ that's being, let me really, really get to know who's on the other side. I so, love it. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing for me. And that's been the trajectory completely of where I'm at today of betting on myself saying like, I can do hard things. Um, whether or not I, because I'm learning and growing nonetheless, when I go and try, if I try, 
I'm not failing, right? It's you're falling down on your bike and you get back up. Like, just get back on your bike and try again. Like, you'll be just fine. You might fall. There's band-aids for that. You're good. I'm like, stop a band-aid on, keep going. Right. But you got to get back on your bike to know if you can ride it or not. Right. And it, you would never know. You wouldn't know that you could ride that if you never got back on. Right. And I think that there's so much that you mentioned to, to dive into. But uh, number one, first and foremost, I couldn't imagine how it felt um, as a 15 year old having to go through that. But I think there's so many lessons um, with having a mentor who's coming in. Uh, taking one step at a time. And like, there's so much that you learned over the course of that journey to where I just hear that, like, you're you're building that grit over time. And like, yeah, there's a lot of those situations where, um, you know, the, the you talked about the book smarts versus the street smarts. It's like, nobody could ever prepare you in the book for some of the things that you had to go through in your life. But that's why that's why over time, it's, you know, to your point, I mean, back to the, the bike, right? You fall back down. Uh, one of my, the songs that my son listens to, it's like, when I fall down, I get back up, right? Like, it's like, that, like yeah. so it's, it's it, it, I just keep hearing that in my head as well as you're as you're going over this. I mean, it really just comes back to that one step at a time mentality, one call at a time. And then, I mean, like on the mentor piece, like it sounds like that person. Obviously, there's a competitive edge to you from uh from the sports that you had, and I hear that when you were going into the SDR role. But I think there's so many other lessons around picking great mentors and having those people in your life that are going to come in and help you or having those people that you strive to want to be essentially or, or or be right. Like one of the first ones that, uh, you know, back to my first job as a full cycle account manager. Um, you know, I was, I didn't know what, I thought I was going in for a a management position. The first time I was in the interview, I'm like, so my overseeing people, like I had no clue that what I was about to get into, um, but I saw this other guy who was working there and he was like winning these awards for like the most, there was like a on fire award, right? It was for like the most, uh, a combination of most dials, talk time and business that you were bringing in. They had like a, a thing and he won two of them in a row. And I was like, I want to do that. And I, I want to win a lot of them in a row. And that same thing, I ended up winning like six of them. I won a bunch of awards for that determination, but it was just seeing what is this person doing? Why are they doing it? And then tying it back to, okay, well, why do I want, why do I actually want to do this? Because I want to make good money and I want to do all of this. And it really came back to the, to that why as well. Do you have any, any other thoughts on that? I mean, hello, the book right behind you, right? Like, hello, that's, it's a, I, at that job. So here's another kind of cool thing. When I was at that SDR job, there was someone there who was like, do you know who Simon Sinek is? I didn't know anything about anything. I mean, I was like, I don't know. And he's, okay, well, do you know, like, your why as to why you're here? And I, like, because I have to be, and I have to make things work, and I have to do this. And he's like, okay, but come here. And we go in this this room, he shuts the door, he draws circles, and he's like, okay, so here's, and we're going through the whole thing that Simon Sinek does, you know, when it's the, okay, finding, finding that why in your life. And why are you doing what you're doing day in and day out? And how are you doing it? And how, like, what is it that you're doing? How are you doing it? Why are you doing it? And it's so important to figure that out because you can go through the motions all you want, but how fun is life when you do that, right? How boring is life when you do that? It's boring. And where's the, um, where's that aspect of you that comes out of knowing like, I'm doing this because I'm passionate about what it is that I believe in. Passionate people, those are my kind of people day in and day out because I have passion when it comes to what I do currently, which we'll get into, but what I'm doing currently and kind of creating a role for myself because I saw where I could really thrive and add value because I knew where I added the most value, knowing who Amelia is because I've reflected a whole lot and that being by happenstance or circumstance or me having to do so based off of, okay, I'm at a crossroads what do I think? What do I believe? What do I do? You know, do I stay in my marriage? Do I not? Do I go and, um, do I go rogue or do I have this pursuit of sports that, uh, you know, and have a full focus there? Do I go into this industry or do I go into real estate that I have done dabbled in some too, you know, where do I really want to be and play and have fun doing the things that I do? And then having a reflection of that, like to my kids, like them seeing like, okay, mommy works hard, but she actually is happy and she's smiling and she's doing the things that she enjoys doing. And I can do hard things because she figured out how to do hard things. And 
that's, you know, that's such a driver. So what are your drivers and figuring those? I mean, those, that's really the takeaway for me. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you have kids or not, you can, those, you know, those are our drivers. We have drivers there with that. But in the same sense, I, I realized I was losing my independence at some point in life. And I know I'm a very independent person. And I, I know that I like to challenge that status quo of like, okay, there are certain things that I will look at and I'm like, because you do this in a different way or could life look this way a little bit if I just pivoted and shifted my focus in this area right. and you don't know till you do that pivot or you try that pivot and how, if it doesn't work, great, go back to where you were, you know, but the trying, you just got to keep going. You got to figure out your why as to why you're doing it though. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Amelia. And I think really what it comes down to is like, I keep hearing these common themes of like, hey, I'm getting through these hard times. I'm going to be showing my kids that I understand why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Just to take a step back, I, I keep this up all the time because it, that's my superpower, I think, is finding out why I'm doing the things. Because my whole why is um, I want to give my life, my family, the best possible life that I can. And I think about, well, okay, well, how, that's a big, what does that mean, Right. I think like, I want to get a, I want to get a beach house so that we could have memories there. Right. It's not so I could say flex and say, Hey, I have a beach house. My wife's family had a beach house and like, there's so many memories to be had and we always have so much fun there. So it's okay. Well, okay. So I have that goal. Well, how do I do that? I need to be financially well off. Okay. How do I get that? Well, I'm in sales. I'm in account management, revenue expansion. I need to retain business and grow. Well, how do I do that? I need to have great conversations with customers. How do I do that? I need to call these people and have great meetings. And then it's working down to that daily habit of like, all right, well, what am I doing? So that when I'm sitting there making cold calls and sitting like, why am I doing this? Then it's like, okay, well, I see my kids over here. I see the book back here. That's why I'm doing it. And it, it it's, it's that level, whatever it is, right. As mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, just because you, if you don't have kids, that's, that's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It just really understand why you're doing the the things that you're doing. And it all comes down to whether it's that why, or, you know, you mentioned passion a couple of times, your, your mentor taught you how to be passionate about basketball. And, you know, over the course of your career, obviously we'll, we'll dive through just quickly. You know, obviously you were, you mentioned you were the, the BDR and then you did real estate sales and then you did some more strategic selling. It was at seamless for a little while. And then ultimately did some more rev op stuff over at the carabiner group. Yep. Talk to me now about, you know, you mentioned that you're really passionate. You're, you know, you're at Reggie.ai right now. Um, you know, we're recording this at the end of June in 2023. So this AI thing is just completely starting to, uh, to blow up, but we're on the cutting edge of it, I guess, right now, I would say, why, why are you so passionate about AI and in, in what you're doing right now? You know, I would say, is it, AI one, I'm passionate about the fact that it's changing everyone's lives. It's um, it's going to impact everyone, and the impact that it takes on specific individuals, they're there's either the reactive mode of we've got to just jump into it and figure it out, or the proactive of like let's figure out what the right way to go about really leveraging this to be a powerful house kind of tool for myself to leverage. You know, how do I do that in the best way? I've seen so many people just dive into things and then like we get the emails, you get them to it. It's like, okay, I know like this is not meant for me. One, I'm not your buyer, you know, two, I, your other, your counterpart over there, they sent me the same exact email. So like, I know what's going on. Also a bunch of people like this person's post. So I get as to, you know, I, I know exactly that this was AI generated. There was no human touch aspect to it. Back to the writing thing. I've, always had a passion for writing. That's always been something that I've loved. So it all, it kind of just falls into, you can have all the idea generation that you want through GPT, right? Then it's the, how do you get to that next layer of having that human touch added to it to make it for your use case, whatever your use case may be, whether it's to have your, you know, your passion project, whatever that may be of having a blog that you really want to, you know, make it personal about cooking, who knows, whatever, then it's, or it's business related, then tying that together with, okay, I'm going to put my touch on it too, though, because without that human touch, the AI is going to, it's not there yet. It's not to the point where you can go and trust the AI fully to just run with everything that you've got. So if any, whoever's listening to this, please don't trust AI completely yet. It's not there yet. Let's hold off on that. But you've got to have that human touch when you do so. It gives you kind of that um, 
And it's cool to see when I talk to reps too, who are learning it, they're, they have this like, oh, I, I created this, like, that's really cool. And so me pouring into other people as something, because I've been poured into, I want to pour into others too, who are learning and they're growing and figuring out how to do things best because AI is not going anywhere. So if you don't know how to use it and you're not enabled to do so or equipped to do so because the leadership maybe doesn't know what to do with it and you're a rep that wants to thrive and grow, let's chat. Like, I'm going to help you. So there's the passion there behind what I'm doing. But, you know, where I was at, it's seamless. I, um, I'll come back to that for a little bit. I, I had Jesse Outlet, if you know him, he is one of the smartest people when it comes to like email delivery and um, really in general, <laughs> he really is. But he called, we had some call. I don't remember what it was, but I was helping get a summit that we were doing kind of off the ground. I didn't know what in the world I was doing when it came to reaching out to, you know, these executives at these companies, outreach or, you know, Snowflake or sales loft or you know, whatever it may be. And I, I was, okay, I've got to get personal with what I'm saying. It's got to be personalized, this message I'm sending, or I've got to send some kind of voice memo that's going to be under 40 seconds because people aren't going to listen more than that. Or how are people, where do they live too? Are they in Slack communities where like, I see that little green circle and that's the best place to go reach out that we're, we're already, you know, there's that connecting tissue right there. Right. Got to figure out how to do that. So Jesse and I chatted, we connected and he thought I was chief of staff over at Seamless because of the different initiatives I was kind of taking on. I was not at all. I was literally kind of liaison between doing things on the SDR side also, but focusing solely with specific AEs, like working just with them to get enterprise accounts. And that was like a targeted list and doing that, but also working with C-suite trying to do other kind of marketing things that were, because I would jump in marketing meetings and be like, hey, have you guys seen this really cool thing that Vidyard sent out? Like, have y'all seen what Chili Piper did? Like, just saying, all right, see ya. Do I encourage that? Maybe not, but did I do so? Yeah, because I felt like there was so much we were missing. And I was like, if we do this, there's so much that can happen. So if I fail and y'all tell me to get my butt out of like this meeting, okay, sure. But I'm just going to jump in and see what happens. So it led to opportunities that I didn't ever foresee happening of it being RevOps services I was selling. I didn't know the first thing about RevOps or so I thought, but really what I was doing at Seamless and other, you know, prior to it was, I was trying to figure out where things were missing and where things could be enhanced or what if we didn't have this tool? What if we had this tool, you know, and really trying to be strategic and figure out the best situation or scenario or how the best way to grow, not just myself, but like, what if the reps didn't use this dialer? What if they use this dialer? Um, I'm hearing this about it and here's the stats on this, you know, things like that, that I would just bring to the table because I saw the potential there. So it led to me and uh, I was helping with Rev League at the time, which was part of Rev Genius. Um, Jared Robin asked me, hey, will you kind of jump in and coach some of the people in here who are reps just trying to learn things outside of their organizations where maybe they don't have that training or thinking they're, they're, here's the box that you fit in and you're going to read from this script and you don't stray away from that. It's how do you do things in a little bit of a different way? Um, people going there to learn. So jumped in, helped. And then I had someone from Carabiner Group, who was a coach in there too, reach out to me. And we just got to be, we became friends first, which was cool. Um, then one day he says, what do you think about selling RevOps services with me? And I was like, come again? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know the first thing about it. He's like, but the thing is you do. Everything that we've discussed thus far, like, you have been trying to nail down what RevOps like is to a T and realizing without a process, everyone's going rogue and there's process, process, processes first. It's kind of a, the core of RevOps. And then there was um, Rosalind Santalena, who was one of the, I mean, I will say hands down, probably the go-to person for RevOps. I mean, 100%. She, she gets it. She knows it. And she knows how to talk to people and to teach people 
RevOps, but also speak to the customer in a sense of, have you thought about things in this way? And have you, she's built that reputation and that pedigree up to be where people trust what she's doing because she delivers on what she says. And that's such a, I mean, that's a foundational thing. Like if you're not going to do what you say, like we got a big problem. Like if you're in sales and you're going to say, I'm going to follow up and you don't like count that as a big L you got to do what you you say you're going to do automate it now if you can you know if you feel right. as though you need to but add that personal touch too you got to have that as human aspect right but just speed things up so selling RevOps services and learning I don't know a lot of what I thought I knew before learning a lot of from Rosalind it's her being kind of a mentor to me and still is today which is you know I can go to her and be like hey I don't even know what this means like what is this and her helping me in the sense of just growing in my in my career that I didn't know was going to become a career of simply helping people because I realized that the core of everything, if I'm not helping, I'm not selling anything. Like people are going to buy from people that they know are going to show up for them and do what they say. And they're going to actually deliver on what they say, like, here's what I can help you with. Here's the solution. This is the needs that you have. And I remember this based off the conversation we had last. And I'm going to repeat every word that you just said, because I took note of it because I care enough to do so. And so I kind of carried that with me. All in all, things um, kind of shifted a bit. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go bet on myself and figure out what my next kind of path is in life. Um, where my career goes from here, I don't know what, you know, I'm going to stay in the same SaaS world because I've built a good network and good people around me that I, I trust and believe in and feel as though they're in my corner and I'm in theirs, vice versa, to where if I'm betting on myself saying, hey, I'm going to be a single mom and I'm going to not work by choice to pursue what my next best thing is going to be. And totally put free agent as like my title on LinkedIn and be like, all right, betting on myself, people. What you know, I'm betting on my network too. And I'm I know what I can do, what opportunities are there. And that would I encourage that to anybody and everybody? No. But when you build your network well and with a genuine want to pour into other people and you show up for them, they're gonna show up for you. So I had an inbox full of opportunities and they were all for sales. Everything was AE stuff, you know, and I, I had to go back to who is Amelia? What am I wanting in life right now? Like where, where do I want to grow the most? And it was a tricky realization. I don't want to be in sales anymore. Like, I don't think I want to be full on selling. I don't think this is where I'm really I feel like I'm going through the motions and I'm not really getting the results I want because I'm going through the motion simply like that's sheer fact. Um, Sales is the trans uh, transition of, um, of passion as John Barrows constantly says. So if you're not passionate about what you're doing, it's going to come through no matter what you're doing. Right. Totally. 100%. And I mean, and I'm said, I mean, I feed off the passion that I have and the excitement that I'll get from what I'm able to help others with and realizing, okay, I want to help people, but I want to, I also want to, I'm a people person. I want to talk to people but I want to go and be strategic about how I do it. And so I kind of, you know, I learned Slack was where I, through RevOps selling, I mean, that was where I generated the most revenue was through selling through communities. And knowing that I could thrive in that aspect, great, I'm going to go to where my ICP is at. Let me go figure out where they're at. And then let me go have these conversations. So long story short, two days later, Reggie shows up um, in my inbox through Jared Robin, actually. So it's kind of funny how opportunities have worked. Thank you, Jared. Um, but Reggie shows up and, you know, I have conversations with them and it was like, boom, 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 boom. Within five days, it's where, okay, let's start. When do you want to start? Like, what do you want to do? I'm, I don't know. Tomorrow? What do y'all want? <laughs> like, it was really quick. And I'm grateful for that. Let me first all say that because as you know, like things are hard right now, you know, it's not easy for everybody just to say like, oh, opportunity showed up and knocked on my door. Um, that was really because of the position I feel as though I put myself in and the people that I knew. And just like for you, like it, things are going to fall into place in the very best way because of what you've done and what you're pursuing and how you're engaging with people and the network that you have 
and it's it's timing is everything right it's like oh, things happen when they're supposed to happen and the learning in between those things that's when the most growth is going to happen in your personal life so the way so crazy that's so crazy but as you say that i mean like cuz right now i'm in the midst of the this job looking for a role right now as well and there's there's so much to dive into but what it comes down to is there has been so much growth it's like hey do i want to do this and and with every conversation that you have it's like Oh, maybe I could do this. So I, and it sounds like you were at that crossroads as well at some point. So that's why I'm trying to take this one as slow as my, as my, uh, my burn rate could, um, <laughs> could do essentially. Now there's so much to dive into though here. Um, I'm oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? No, I'm saying totally like it's, it, it, that's cool though, that you, not everybody can reflect like that. So it's neat to see how you're able to do that. Like, love that. I mean, it's, uh, it's it sounds a lot better than it is sometimes because it is, it's not all sunshine and rainbows when you're, you know, when you're thinking about that as a big disclaimer. Um, but yep. the point being though, I, I love this part of the story for you because um, what you did when you were at Seamless and when you were doing the stuff with Rev League is you're constantly stepping out of what your job description, quote unquote, job description is, right? Had you not been going to marketing, you may have not learned as much about RevOps or more some of those areas. Had you not taking that big step when Jared asked you about Rev League, you, he may not have recommended you so highly to Reggie when he, when that opportunity came. So um, it's really interesting because in my story as well, like I started podcasting when I was in my first role um, because I started writing blog when I was in college. I was I was constantly writing and doing research. And I'm like, how do I take this and go into the, the real world with it? And I started writing some blogs for the company, then started talking to the marketing team. And they're like, hey, we're actually starting this podcast. I'm like, I've never done that before, but send me some equipment. I would love to do it. And they sent me equipment down to our remote office. COVID happened. I had, I had all this equipment at my house and I was like, I have this opportunity. Like I have this equipment. If I don't do this, I'm going to not like it. So that's what started me to jump into all of this portion as well. So the, the point being is that uh, the big lesson between the both of our stories here is um, step out of what your job description may be, right? And I think the other other part that's really interesting is that you were you constantly had you're you're building this tribe of mentors everywhere you're going and you're building these relationships and you're going into communities and that's where the dark social quote unquote dark social starts coming into it and, it, and that's the what the modern you know what the modern era uh, GTM is so um, that so I just wanted to just leave that I would love to hear if you have any other any other thoughts on that little ramble. I mean, it's. If y'all don't know Chris Walker, go just scroll down his LinkedIn and learn dark social. <laughs> I mean, it, it's where people are buying. It's where conversations are happening that are in the unorthodox places of apart from the phone and email. And it's people who are talking to peers who are saying, hey, what solution are y'all like coming up with when it comes to this? It's, oh, cool. Okay, let me go check that out. They're not going straight to that salesperson at that company. They're they're saying, okay, let me just figure this out on my own based off the people that I trust. So if you go be a friend and a peer and a helper and just show up without that CTA, first and foremost, like you're not throwing these CTAs of like, well, let's have a meeting at this time. And like, when works for you, like avoid that, that first conversation, that second conversation, maybe third. Like if you really want to have this rapport and this relationship with your buyer, you treat them like a peer and you have that knowledge, but you don't have to pour everything out at them at one time. Like you figure out how to help first and foremost in the dark social spaces, go figure out where they live, go to Airtable, something community, I don't know, Google it, something on Airtable and communities, just Google that. It'll give you the, all the communities that Slack has and you can filter down into seeing, okay, maybe this one makes sense. Come and go as you want from those, leave them, love them, whatever, but try and figure out if this makes sense to be able to meet your buyers where they're at because conversations are really easy to be had when you, you go where they live. Right. I mean, and, and people are going to be talking about this freely if you're not coming in there. And I know that a lot of the communities you're not supposed to be selling, but if if you're showing up and you're you're going in there and genuinely, you know, I hate to say providing value because that's so icky, but like if you're right. answering their questions or or whatever, or like I think of, you know, when I think of like AI and sales, like you're one of the people that I think of, right? And it's it's all about building that brand and where those thought, where those people are. Um and I think I think that that's that's crucial. Now, um, let's just divert quickly into the actual AI things before we wrap up, because I mean we could probably talk all day on some of these. Topics. <laughs> um, so, 
so before we were talking about this mix of like human and AI, how do we like work together with this? Because we can't just trust AI as is right now. And I think of a world where we can trust and that's frightening. Um, but, um, but we think about uh, that human mix. I think of like, um, you know, for example, like the podcast episodes, like I, I, I threw a couple of the transcriptions in to get some of the high level details. It's like, I did the human work to have these relations, these conversations, but what were the big takeaways that I could have from this? And that's like really interesting. And I want to expand on that a little bit further. Um, but well, let's talk about like, when we talk about this interaction between human and AI, let's talk about how BDRs, AEs, customer success, like talk to me about how we could try to work together with AI to be more efficient because that's our, that's our goal. And we, we hear about all of these like scary Gartner stats of like, Hey, we're going to be taking over. Um, it's going to take over X amount of jobs or, you know, whatever. So the point being is that we need to get educated on this. Don't be afraid of it and, and be able to do that. But how, tell me more about how, what that those interactions in the sales and the go-to-market space look like effectively u- utilizing AI. Hey, Kesh, I mean, I'm talking to people day in and day out who are scared to death of what's coming or they're embracing it full on. And they're like, hey, we've created this custom model that we're using and it's for our use case within um, within GPT, but we're prompting and prompting and prompting to get to what we need. And how do we do this more efficient and effective and quicker and faster? And how do we, but nobody's talking really, I don't, I don't hear a lot of like, how do we enable our people to be able to do the same? Yeah, like, how are we learning this thing? This is, this is great, but like, there's a big, there's, yeah. there's a big gap between using this effectively and where we are from a, I'll, I'll say I'm a novice. So just a starter, right. And I probably know more about it than a lot of other folks do, but okay. still, I know next to nothing about it. So how do we bridge that gap? You know, it's education, it's education, it's education, but it's really, really focusing on, I mean, letting, there's so many applications out there, right? There's so many. And if you're using the wrong one for your use case of whatever it is that you, you know, the, let's say for the sales use case and let's, let's take, uh, let's take Jasper and let's take Reggie, for example, Jasper is very much so for the marketing use case, like very, very much so. Um, Reggie's solely built for the sales use case. So there's, you know, that's for sellers to be able to be equipped with having the right, the right prompts where it's, you know, real quick. Okay. Here's my persona. Here's my value prop. Here's what's relevant to you and pulling the data points that it needs to be able to generate the output that you need. And I would say, you know, 75, 80% of it's going to be AI generated. You're going to add your 20, 25% of that human touch. So think of that stat as being something that like, okay, part opposed to being hundred percent that I've got to go and do all this manual work. It's where I've got this AI assistant that's going to help me to write this 75% of the way. And then now I just need to go add a little bit to this. Let me just go make sure that everything is the way it's supposed to be. And I can analyze all of these things. Okay. Is this going to be where I'm asking a question within this? You know, let me make sure that I'm grading this email to ensure whatever, or, you know, for the sales use case, this uh, piece of content that I'm delivering, that it's going to be within that brand tone that you want it to be delivered in and speaking to that individual based off of the best communication ways that they, you know, the styles that they have, things like that. Like, great. That's for the sales use case. Is that going to always, is that going to be for someone in an industry that is creating a bunch of content at scale to where they it's all creative stuff you know they've got a content team of five and they need to just like get for these companies and say they're just creating ebooks galore ebook galore you know they're creating things like that and probably is going to be your best tool right like i don't know is gpt going to be a great place for you to go for that you know that generation of ideas and being able to have that, sure. Where are you going to store that though? Where are you going to have collaboration on that? So then there's another like custom model you got to add on top of that. So figuring out what, where to go, what tools are out there, asking people what they're doing, and if you don't, if you don't ask, you don't know. So right. if you don't, if you don't go and figure out where people are talking about AI, that which is everywhere, right? Like, but the people who are talking about it in ways where they're trying things and it's tried and true methods and it's wins and losses when it comes to how AI 
was prompted and what was generated from it, go to those people, figure it out, you know, figure out what works and what doesn't, and just do dive into it too. Don't be reactive when you're sending things to people. Let's hold off on that one, y'all, but figure out what the capabilities are, because if you're not equipped within your organization to know, because your leadership is not quite sure what to even do with this AI world, or they have the mantra of the seven worst words you could ever say in business. Like we have always done things this way. If they're stuck in those ways, one, maybe another opportunity is out there for you. Just saying, or two, go challenge that status quo and go figure it out for you and your team. Right. And then offer, Hey, I can do a training on this because I figured this out. Or what do you guys think of this? Go straight up to leadership. Like everybody is the same at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you're C-suite or an SDR, like, both are going to sleep. You both are putting your pants on the same way. Like there's no status when you go to sleep. Like the next day comes like, great. Like you have a title, but that's not who you are right? Um, at your course. So don't be afraid to step out and learn on your own. And that's where all these reps out there and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You know, again, wherever your people are talking, your, you know, your, your people that are in the same industry, not necessarily your company, but those in the industry who are figuring it all out because everybody is to an extent. I mean, I would say 95% of people are figuring this out right now. 75% are like, you know, implementing something in some way, whether it's reactive and they're just tossing, okay, reps use GPT. There's no guardrails up for them to figure out what to do. It's just go ahead and run with it. Right. It's tarnishing that brand name. It's tarnishing your name too, when you do that. So that's a, big thing to remember is like do you want to tarnish your brand because you just want to push so much out as quick as you can using gpt because it's the capabilities there to just create content boom done let me send it to my whole address book and then we're good no you're not good because one how do you know that everything is like there's the plagiarism like we that's something to factor in like there's also the is this going to go to the right persona? Do you know, has this person changed jobs? Like, where are you getting your lists from? Like, where's the data coming from? So taking a step back, educating yourself and self-education is going to be some of the best that you can do too. And that deep learning of understanding what, what am I doing right now with what's not going away? Like, this is here to stay. What do I do to be able to really maximize on my and capitalize on my success? Because at the end of the day, I matter. What my success is, that matters the very most. The companies does too. But it goes back to the brand building too, right? Like we've tied that one in. Like you, I get, you and I both, it's building that brand of ours like under the umbrella of an organization. In turn, you're building their brand because you're building your the own. All boats ride with the tides, right? I mean, like the company brand, when somebody sees what I'm doing from a personal perspective on the 20% podcast, they're st still seeing the company that I'm associated with or they're tying together, hey, Amelia is that AI person, right? She works in something there, right? It's it's tying a lot of those those areas together. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, I need to start looking more at who looks at my LinkedIn because when you do that, it's like, okay, who's curious about what's going on? Or they heard me on something or they saw me comment on, you know, recommending someone within a Slack community because I don't always have to, it doesn't always have to be about myself, but they're going to remember me as the person who was like, oh, you should chat with Rosalind about RevOps. She's mm -hmm. the best person here. They, those kind of things like, oh, that's a helpful like individual. Oh, great. We're also trying to figure out our AI strategy right now. And who was that girl? Oh yeah. I remember she helped me figure out that I should talk to Rosalind. Let me go look at her LinkedIn. That's like a, the lowest hanging fruit you can get right there of having that trust being built at that foundational level with your buyer and being straight up and honest with them too. Let's have a 20 minute talk shop of like what you're trying to solve. If I can help you, great. If I can't, I'm going to be honest with you and say, this is maybe what you could do, but I don't know if this is the best solution for you. And those people will have immense amount of respect for you when you show up and say, if you can or can't help them. And when you start disqualifying, one of the things that I notice is that people try to push back into right. almost like a magnet of like, how am I like, no, like, I really do think that this is, I mean, like, obviously if it's not a good use case then you push back and say, we're not even right. going to do this because whatever. Um, but the other interesting thing too, that I want to mention that you mentioned on the, uh, the who's viewing my profile, 
I started doing that more frequently with my job search. And one of the things that I, I always ask them is, um, I, I mean, I even have it as like a, a template that I could just copy and paste. It's, um, it's, Hey, Amelia, um, thanks so much for checking out my profile. I'm always curious to see what's resonating with folks. Mind sharing what drew, what, what, you know, caught your attention. And when you ask that, then, then somebody could say, Hey, I saw your podcast or I love this, or I love that or what, whatever the case is, then it's okay. Well, now I know why they're talking to me now. Then, then whenever I go back, you know, later on to like, Oh, I see when I'm looking for this job. Oh, I see I have a connection at that company. Oh, I already, I already sent them my podcast conversation. The next mm -hmm. question I'm going to say is, Hey, by the way, did you get a chance to check that? Or Hey, did you get a chance to check this out? Yeah. Love your feedback, by the way, quick question feedback, for you. Yeah. Then it's like, then it ties into what that is. And it wasn't just a blank connection request that I sent them as well. So that's another tip. I don't know if you want to implement it or anybody else, but um, Good. it's, it's, it really into, it helps you to say like, what are people actually seeing in my profile? Some right. people, want to, I mean, 50% of people probably won't answer, but the answers that you do get are going to be uh, really great. Um, yeah. I mean, those are the relationships that are the drivers for a lot of open doors. You know, those are the relationships that do open the doors because there's not the CTA attached that you want to have a conversation and you're saying, here's my calendar link. Let's talk. Like, is there a time and place for that? Yes. And I'm, I'm a big advocate of doing so within Slack communities for simplicity. I will literally say if they have said something within a community, try, Hey, because in community, you're trying to figure things out and you're trusting the people in there to help you, or you're trying to find answers. Right. So outside of your company, so people are going to find answers within these communities. If you set up your keywords, so you're triggered first, you're going to be thought of as that thought leader and that expert in the industry being able to quickly respond to them and saying, hey, I'm going to shoot you a DM. I think I can help you out here. Great. That's where the remedy is generated for starters. If you're in sales, it's a slide on over the DMs. But not just that, that's where the relationships are really had. But when you say you think you can help, more eyes see that within the whole, you know, that channel. More eyes see, oh, that that name, I remember that name because she said she could help that person with their AI, you know, generative AI strategy that they're trying to figure out in their outbound motion. Let me go, let me just shoot her a message. I mean, some guy recently booked from October because I sent him over my um my link, my calendar, my chili pepper link, because I just it was easy to do that. He was online where I was online. We were having a conversation. I just said, hey, for the sake of simplicity, let me just share this. Like if it makes sense to chat, great. If not, great. Happy to help either way. So having it very open-ended, but here's a simple way to talk if you want some guidance, like happy to be there. So that's just the helping aspect of things that I I feel like if, if sellers are not focused in on that right now, like, and there's only that IQ that's being really driven, this sale's not going to happen. I mean, it's, if you're only using GPT and that IQ, like, okay, let's figure out how to draw emotion out of people. People are emotional beings. Like, and I did a post about this the other day of sellers thinking more like marketers. And it's such a missed thing when you don't. And I, I think I started doing that without realizing I was doing it. And that's why I'm kind of under marketing now. And I say I'm a liaison between sales and marketing because I'm still kind of you know influencing revenue and sourcing it at the same time based off the relationships that I know, like have and established built on trust whether I've sold to them previously, or I don't have that sales title either, which is, you know, that's, I'm, that's gold that's too. Gold. That's really cool. It's gold. So like, maybe change your title people. I don't know. <laughs> Take the sales part out. I love that. That's so interesting. As we're wrapping up here, one quick story, as you mentioned, I love that you mentioned that you're, you're a seller, more of a marketer than a seller that our sellers have to go start marketing. I think it's really big on like the content creation and where things are going and relationships. I had a VP of sales talk to me the other day and I said, Hey, I'm like a, I'm a seller, but I'm like part marketer too. And he's like, you have to decide, are you a seller or a marketer? And I'm like, I, I don't agree. Like I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't say that, but I'm like, well, watch, you know? So it's, um, it's, it's a different old school thinking and that's a whole other conversation, but uh, as we're wrapping up here as well, Amelia, where could people learn more about you and everything you have going on? This has been a fantastic conversation. Such a good conversation. You are a gem of a human and anybody is going to be so lucky to have you wherever you land. So I'm, I'm cheering for you. I'm rooting for you big time. Um, I'm always on LinkedIn. Go find me there. Shoot me a message. Like I, I'm happy to, I'm happy to just help in whatever aspect that looks like. Um, there's a link below my name. I think it says personalization at scale, something, whatever it says, whatever that link is right there. 
that's a 25 minute kind of talk shop. If you want to chat, happy to do that. Um, if you want to learn more about AI and sales specifically, let's do it. Let's dive into it. Click that link. Let's talk, you know, if reach out in that form, you know, LinkedIn always right there. I'm in Pavilion a ton and Rev Genius a ton. There's, you know, those are two communities I'm very active in. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. So, <laughs> I mean, shoot me a message. Let me know. Like, I'm all, you'll see the little green circle. If you see it, like, shoot me a message. If you don't, then I'm, I'm in mom mode. And so I'll get back to you. So that, I, you know, I love that. And as, as a reminder, as we, as we wrap up here, just remember to take it one step at a time today, whether, no matter what you're facing. So uh, Amelia, thank you so much again. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you enjoyed the show, it would mean the absolute world if you went to Apple and rated and reviewed the show for me as well, is this is a fantastic way to help grow the show and help to bring in fantastic guests and even more listeners to our tribe. So stay tuned for next episode and have a fantastic rest of your day.